0: I want to share a word with you today, and it's from Luke chapter 15. I'm going to turn there. The scriptures will come on the screen behind you. And really, what I want to share with you today is about who God really is, what he's really like. And even as Christians, people who known God for a long time, we could forget what he's really like. The only way that I can really tell you and show you what God is like is by pointing to the words of Jesus. And I think the best story the best illustration jesus ever gave of who the father is is the the story of the prodigal son i think it's the clearest image the clearest picture of what god the father is like to us but here's the interesting thing about this story it's one of three stories that jesus told back to back and he told these stories in response to a question and the question he was asked was this was, how can you, Jesus, sit and associate with sinners and tax collectors? How can you do that and claim to be a moral, right person yourself? What is it, really, just the question beneath that, that we don't understand about you, Jesus, that maybe you could help us understand? And so Jesus answers the question, not with a direct question, but with three stories. Of course, the first story is the story of a shepherd who loses one of his sheep and he goes and finds the one, he loses the 99. And then he brings that sheep, dirty sheep on his shoulders back home, tells everyone in the village, I found my lost sheep. Second story is a woman who lost her coin in her home, a golden coin, one of several, but it's very precious to her. And she needs to find that gold coin. Eventually she finds it. She tells everyone, everyone celebrates with her. But then the third and final story is really where it's all leading to. And that's the story of the prodigal son. But you'll see in this that it's not just the prodigal son, it's the prodigal sons. Because there's not just one son who's lost, it's two. And I want to read that to you now. Really, the point of why I'm reading this is to remind you of your worth, remind you what God says about you. But also where we may need a course correction mentally. And I think this is one of those scriptures that really helps us in that area. I want to read from Luke chapter 15, from verse 11. It says this, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in that reckless living. And when he had spent everything a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need and he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything but when he came to himself some translations say when he came to his senses he said how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread but i perish for hunger i will arise and go to my father and i will say to him father i have sinned against heaven and before you i am no longer worthy to be called your son treat me as one of your hired servants so he's got his little speech ready he's going back to his father and he arose and he came to his father but while he was still a long way off his father saw him and felt compassion and embraced him and kissed him and the son said to him father I have sinned against heaven before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servants bring quickly the best robe put it on him put a ring on his hand put shoes on his feet bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate For this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants. And asked what these things meant. And he said to him. Your brother has come. Your father has killed the fattened calf. Because he was seeking back safe and sound. But he. The older brother. He was angry. And refused to go in. His father came out. And entreated him, but he answered his father, "Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours—no, if he doesn't say brother, this son of yours—he came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes. By the way, we don't know he did that, but he's assuming you killed the fattened calf for him." And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad that this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? Praise God. I think this story really conveys some really strong emotional situation, something that we can relate to at various times of our life. But I can tell you one example I can relate to this story. I was in my hometown this week and I drove past a shop. Now that shop gives me shivers because when I was younger, about nine or ten, me and my dad lost my younger brother. He was about literally six, seven, yeah he would have been at that time. And we went around the shop, he was gone. We walked down the street, he was gone. Where is Edward? We were all shouting. My dad the look on my dad's face trying to find him, we thought someone must have taken him. But he'd actually walked himself back to the shop and somehow we'd missed him. And there he was sitting calmly waiting for us. And all was well until we got home and told my mum what had happened, while well, she wasn't really pleased about that. And still hasn't forgotten about it. But I remember in that ten minutes of wondering where is Edward? We were absolutely terrified. And I don't know if you've ever had that situation where you've lost a child in a supermarket. Shame on you. I'm only joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Happens. Kids will wander off, they go where they want to go. There's some things that we can see and that we can relate to. That sense of fretfulness of, I don't know, I don't think I'll ever see him again. What could I have done differently? Or are you that prodigal son, that one that's away from home or have lived that way and feel like the black sheep? Or are you that older brother? I wonder where you see yourself in this story. But I think it's really interesting how Jesus told that story because in some part or life or another we can relate to that. The important thing to glean from that and of course all the parables that Jesus told is that God is a person god has feelings god has thoughts and feelings he can be grieved and he can be overjoyed as well in fact when they come home he's overjoyed he tells all the servants that's a picture of heaven saying with the angels i found him elsewhere jesus says that all of heaven just rejoices over one person who repents i was with, did some ministry when i was about 18 19. i did a, a year after um, my sixth form years, I thought I'm going to do a year of ministry, some work, before I go to Bible college. I didn't want to go straight to Bible college. And I was there, and I, was, I spent a lot of time with this guy who's my age. But he really realized, even though he was a Christian, and he was on a Christian ministry training with me, he was actually very lost and very backslidden. Okay, And I remember one Sunday, he was in a service, and he thought, this is the day I'm going to get right with God. This is the day I'm laying it down. And he had a lot of pain in his heart. His mother had died a few years younger. He was only about 19, the same age as me at the time. And he was on his knees before God, just repenting and just turning to him. And as he's crying his eyes out before God, he, he has this vision that there's this angel standing next to him and it's jumping up and down rejoicing. Isn't that amazing? Just confirmation, really, of what Jesus said. And said, the reason why Jesus told the story was not only for us, as people who feel unworthy, you remember he had the speech, I'm, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But I think it was mainly for the benefit of the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, because they really did want to know, how can you just accept someone like this? How can you sit and eat with them and associate with them as if they have done nothing wrong? But Jesus would never say they have done nothing wrong. But Jesus wants them to know, that though you've sinned, though you've fallen, though you are broken, there's there's hope, there's restoration. So Jesus models what the Father's like, the oldest son in the story. How can you just kill the fattened calf? Again, think about it in the situation that Jesus is in. How can you just accept these people? And Jesus, again, God does this so many times in the scripture, where he, may, he, he, he takes them out of the situation they're in, tells them a story that they can emotionally connect with, And then go, see, that's exactly what you're doing. And um, Jesus is responding to them like the father responds. And the younger brother, sorry, the older brother, is very much has a religious mindset. I've I've never disobeyed you. I've never done anything wrong. Even Paul later on was a Pharisee. I don't know if you know that, Paul, the apostle. And he was very religious and really would have seen himself as very righteous, and we know that he did. Yet later on, after coming to faith in Jesus, he would say, I'm the chief of sinners. You know, and have that revelation that I'm in the house. I'm in the faith, the Jewish faith. But I'm not truly right with God. And he came to understand that. And what happens is, as the, if you take the older brother mindset, it's very hard to accept the younger brother. Many of us, at one point in our life, will have that that guilt and shame moment of coming, you know, coming into faith, or having baggage, right? And there'll be many people, anyone, if this church ever grows, and I believe it will, there will be all kinds of people, all kinds of situations. And they're leaving that life, and they're coming into the faith. In fact, there's many people who are joining us, joining us in Alpha, joining us time to time on Sundays, who are coming out of life in the world. And when you do life without God, it's messy, isn't it? You're living it in a desolate, famine place, like, like like the younger brother was. There's nothing there. it just leaves You empty, and dead. Whereas when you come into faith, where you come to the Father, when you come to God, you find life. You find hope. You find what you're looking for, and you get that authority back. You get that ring on the on the finger. You get the robe acceptance from the Father. And even though you're covered and you're dirty by the world, the Father puts his robe around you and covers you. And you're not seen as a dirty thing anymore, you're seen as the Father's son. That's the wonder of the Gospel. But this is the thing about God, and this is something we can easily forget, is that he always meets you. I've noticed this. Any testimony I hear, you know, there's so many incredible testimonies I've heard over the years. And many of you, or well, all of you, have amazing testimonies. But what I've seen is the common thread in almost every testimony that I've heard is that the Father runs to meet you at the place of the deepest pain. You grew up without a loving environment, not knowing how to love, and God baptizes you with his love. Amen? Amen? Or, you're feeling guilty, and you're feeling, you did, I don't know, you use things and you abused substances you shouldn't have. And yet God fills you and overwhelms you with his joy because this is better than anything I've had through all that crazy life that I did before. Right? He, he, he always meets you, he always, he runs to you at the place where you think, I don't want to, you know, you're coming with your speech but he comes to that place and he meets you there. You feel like a failure. God comes runs to you, and you know, He shows you your worth. That's just who He is. That's just what He does. He doesn't just tolerate you. He doesn't just well. You can come and be a hired servant. He welcomes you back as a son, as a daughter. He really does. You know, He doesn't just tolerate you. He even likes you. So you wonder, really, does God like me? Of course, He does. He doesn't like the things you've done. Neither do you. God loves you, the person. That's who he's trying to win back. All of heaven celebrates over that one person. God's not like the father that was mean to you. right? He's not indifferent to you. He's not just kind of not really listening to what you're saying. There's nothing God wouldn't do for you. We know that because he sent his son. What what, more could he do than coming down to earth? becoming human and dying. There's nothing more that can be done than that. It's the extreme, extremity of the love of God that he displays. So many times in Scripture says he's he's lavished his love upon us. And we need a revelation of his love. We need to understand it because if you have the older brother mentality, you'll always struggle with people that have failed and sinned, yet not recognizing your own brokenness and your own need for God as well. If you're that prodigal brother, you'll always struggle to come to God if you think that he's not going to accept you. You need to know that he will always accept you and that he will give you the grace to be cleansed, to be washed, and to be restored to what you're called to be. But the main reason you need to, and I'll bring this to a close here, the main reason why you need to have a revelation of his love is because we live in a fearful world. We live in a scary world right now. You think you look at the news and your mind starts to go, okay, Ukraine. Yeah, but what about what about World War Three? What about this? And you can go to those places, and maybe a lot of you growing up through the Cold War, and this is just bringing back memories of things that happened when you were younger in 1961, the the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, and all of those things. Right? They were terrifying things to go through. I couldn't imagine. And we could be getting to a time where it's like that. But you've got to remember, you've got to have a revelation of His love. Because perfect love casts out fear. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I was, one scripture that really came to mind this week. And it's Matthew 24. It's when Jesus is talking about the end times. He's talking about when you see these things take place. Okay, look up because your redemption is near. He says it's going to be wars, rumors of wars, diseases, hate. And here's the thing that i think jesus is most grieved about within that list the love of most will grow cold because of the fear coming on people in those times the love of most will grow cold have you noticed it try and say hello to people in the street and it's like they can't hear you at the moment or is that just me i talked talk to you people are fearful they're, 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 there's there's something going on in the climate we live in you live in a different kingdom You live in a kingdom that will never pass away your father is in charge if he clothes the lilies he will clothe you if he feeds the birds he will feed you amen Amen. your father knows what you need so ask him i love god's provision i know him as provider and in fact this year i've seen god provide more than i ever expected And I I know that in the coming years, that he will. I've seen visions of things that I think are going to happen in the future. I've seen all kinds of things. And I've shared about them in, in a clumsy way often from the pulpit. But listen, I know that things are not going to go so great in the world. But listen, our God is in control. Amen. Your Father is the Lord God Almighty. And he, not only are you to run to him, he's already running to you. If you respond to that love, if you understand that love, you can live in that love, and you don't need to live in fear. You don't need to live in a pitiful state in the pigsty anymore, and you don't need to live in a, in a hypocritical and judgmental mindset. You can be a true son in the house of God and love the family that God's given you and have a hopeful outlook on the future. And it's only possible through God, so thank God.